Greetings, my name's Alex, and welcome to the latest episode of To Have and Download, the wedding photography podcast where each week I'm joined by a fellow photographer for a laid back chat about all things wedding photography. And don't forget, every episode of the show is available as a video version, which you can view on Spotify and YouTube on your computer, smart device, or mobile phone. But let's not waste any more time and get straight into the next episode. And joining me on today's episode is the very talented David Scholes. Dave is an incredible documentary wedding photographer with a brilliant talent for storytelling based in Clitheroe, Lancashire. He is a two-time This Is Repertage Storyteller of the Year winner for 2021 and 2022, winner of numerous other awards by the likes of This Is Repertage, Fearless Photographers, Masters of Wedding Photography and SLR Lounge. He is also a wedding photography mentor and speaker, having given talks at events like Nine Dots and a keen DJ. Dave, welcome to the podcast, mate. Hello. Thanks for having me on. No, it's great. To, uh, honestly, I've been really, really looking forward to getting to actually just sit down and chat with you for ages about uh, your photography. So I'm super happy that you've uh, agreed to come on to the uh, the podcast today. Oh, was, um, I, I, it's, uh, it's an honour. I hope I, uh, I hope I don't disappoint you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'd be great, man. It'll be great. So. Um, have you had a busy week? How's how's everything been going? Sort of just yeah, uh, it's uh, so this this year. I um, after last year, I think every photographer, you know, was so busy with all these extra weddings and postponements and getting swallowed up by editing time and not having a life. I was absolutely adamant that wasn't happening this year. So I've been keeping really on top of my editing. Earlier on in the year, I've been. Um, editing the wedding that I've just shot, which is actually a really nice feeling. Um, oh, I've not had anyone hounding me for where the pictures are. However, <laughs> there's always a but. Uh, I was never going to keep that up all year. Um, so we, I, I, I uh, was fortunate to have a wedding in Italy a couple of weeks ago. We made, oh, no. we made a little bit of a holiday out of it, and I was there for nine days. and had two weddings before I went, then a wedding there, and then a wedding as soon as I came back, and then suddenly... I've got the queue of pictures to edit. So it's uh, it's back to editing and, uh, you know, life is never dull. So there's yeah, yeah, things yeah. in personal life and then, and then also, uh, you know, just trying to keep on top of things, really. It's, it's a, it is a juggling game, isn't it? Sort of uh, doing yeah. this job and everything else that we've got to do sort of do, outside. I of, feel uh, I'm juggling better this year than last year, though. So that's, that's a good thing. That's good, man. <laughs> Yeah, I think a lot of people that I've spoken to have all said the same thing about last year, just being like, absolutely, like, never again, sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I, I normally do around 30 weddings a year. Um, I, I, I'd like to do a little less than that, actually, but 30 weddings a year. But last year I did something like 48, and it was, uh, it was, it was too much. But we can't complain about being busy after, after, after lockdowns. <laughs> Well, no, and I, I think that's what happened with a lot of people. Obviously, after sort of the, the preceding years, you didn't want to turn work away, and then you had commitments to work that had already been booked in and postponed and stuff. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think a lot of people have all said the same. They, you know, they're really working hard this year and for next year to get that that perfect sort of family work balance and kind of. 
yeah. not shooting for the sake of shooting and just getting that magic number that they sort of are happy to kind of say, right, that's it. That's it. And I think it's, I think it's, it's a lot healthier as well for, for you to kind of aim for that. For um, me, I, um, I have two little children, so, um, I don't want to work every weekend. I want to, I want to have a little bit of time with them, but equally it's, it's, it's how we put a roof over the head. So, you know, you can't just yeah. not, you've got to, you've got to work. Um, so, you know, it's just getting that balance. It's, it's getting that balance between having a good, you know, a good amount of time with your family, uh, making enough money to live on, but also so you enjoy your work. Cause I, I do, I do love photographing weddings. Um, and I, and I, you know, I wouldn't do it if I didn't, but, um, you know, certainly last year when you're doing 48, you start thinking, do I love shooting weddings? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know. Absolutely. And it, and it's, um, you know, it's better for your couples as well. If they know that you're going to be hundred percent in, you know, exactly. passionate about that day and what you're doing rather than kind of like oh, another way going through the motions. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, Cause you know, you've, you've got to, you've got to give it your all for every couple, haven't you? So. Yeah. 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 And like I was speaking to a, a videographer friend of mine who'd shot a wedding with another photographer and he has a an, an editor that does all of the editing so he just shoots and i think last year he did 120 weddings like f- photograph yeah and that would just for me that would just completely just yeah that's a lot i mean i mean you could definitely shoot more if you didn't have to edit them um but that's a lot <laughs> That's, that's, a lot. That, that's a lot of weddings. And they're all pretty much at the same venues as well. Yeah, I think it'd be the editor that's more likely to burn out of that with that with that work. Yeah. Well I think he um he's based in a camper van off uh, the beach in Cornwall, so he edits at night and then surfs during the day. So That's quite cool. Yeah, that's quite cool. I've heard. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Um That's interesting. Cool. How do you work in a camper van? Well, I suppose if you've had a kids at home, yeah. 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 We, we had a camper we just sold our camper van last week so uh yeah but ours was never decked out with a table or something that you could work in it was more just we used it more for taking things to the tip than we did for going away camping. <laughs> um so when you went to italy was that did you did you take the family with you as well i, I we did actually yeah but i so um we, we made it into a family holiday. I don't, I don't always do that. I don't normally do that, to be honest. That's the first time we have. Um, but it just worked out quite nicely with, with school holidays and things. So, um, but I kept it quite separate as, as in, cause obviously the, the couple had covered my expense to go out and do this wedding and, and, and I'd sort of kept the accommodation for the wedding and stuff completely separate. So we went on a holiday yeah. and then I left basically for, for three days and went off to do this wedding uh stayed elsewhere and then uh, and then went back and joined them for the last couple of days nice oh, i mean being able to do that yeah is really cool especially sort of ha- having a family like you know we do and um all the other photographers I, I speak to being able to kind of work that into a wedding is is uh exactly i think it's it's, it's a nice perk of the job it's uh you don't want to uh feel like you're taking advantage of couples obviously because you don't no. you don't want them to think that you're paying for their your family to go on holiday because <laughs> that wasn't the case at all 
points are completely separate, you know. Um, but like, I, I even because because my flight was booked before the family even you know decided to come out. So even though we were on the same flight, it was totally different tickets. I had priority check in things like that. They didn't. So like, you were up in business yeah. class. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go as far as to say business class, but I did have uh, I did have uh, room for lug- for luggage that they didn't have. <laughs> oh no, nice. perks of the job. Yeah. Um, well, you've got amazing. to take it. I, I mean, I don't know what other photographers do, but um, while I have a couple of things in the suitcase that are nice to have, uh, like light stands, but everything else I take on my carry-on. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't want that stuff going down in the no. in the hole, do you? So going back, so um, obviously you've been, you've been a, a photographer for quite a while now. Yeah. Um, was was a career in photography something you kind of always wanted to do? Have you sort of always had sort of a, an interest in photography in your early years, or did you want to be something completely different? So it's, um, I mean, I've probably got, a, I think if you, if you listen to most photographers talking about how they got into it, most of the time they didn't plan on getting into, well, maybe not photography, certainly not wedding photography. Um, my story is a little bit along those lines, but slightly different, I suppose. Um, I come from a family of, of photographers. So my great, in Clitheroe, where I'm from, there used to be, it's, it's no longer there, but there used to be a shop called Pies, which is my mum's maiden name. Um, and they were the town photographers with a studio. They did all the, you know, if anyone got married, they did the pictures. Uh, so my great grandfather back in the 18, 1890, I think it opened in 1890, this shop, um, wow. my great grandfather, my grandfather and my auntie and uncle were all wedding photographers. Um, and, but, but I had, I had, you know, no interest in doing photography as well. Um, art was always my better subject at school, but I was a little bit slow, a bit of a perfectionist, took ages drawing the underside of a mushroom, you know, in great detail. <laughs> so I found when I got to college and, uh, and, and photography was an option, the teachers sort of thought, you're good at this, you're, and, and, and yeah, getting your work out on time for once. So, um, so I ended up doing photography at university. Uh, I've always, since I was about 12 years old, been into music, DJing, that's what I always wanted to do. So while I was at university, I was DJing and clubbing sort of two, three times a week. And I was definitely more interested in that than photography. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I did, I did all, I did, the, I probably did a little bit more than the bare minimum to scrape by at uni, uh, mm-hmm. hoping that DJing would just take off one day. Uh, Mm-hmm. And it looked like it might have done at one point. I started getting some pretty good gigs, but then, uh, but then it didn't. And photography, uh, university finished, and um, I ended up very briefly working in a call centre. And then after that, I got a job at one of those venture studios. Uh, yeah, and I wasn't initially. They actually didn't have me in, the, in doing photography because I worked at the Rochdale studio initially, just outside Manchester. And they had me in the sales viewing room, which I 
Ugh. absolutely hated. And not only not only did you have because also you weren't selling your own photography, you were selling the other photographers' pictures. And it was so sales driven. If you if you and bearing in mind Rochdale isn't the most affluent area and venture is very expensive. So venture has products sort of well minimum 500 pounds a thousand pounds one and a half 1800 pounds two thousand pounds um and you had to maintain an average order of 700 pounds minimum throughout the year throughout the weeks and months and when you didn't do that it was just not a nice place to work and i ended up moving to a different studio and being a photographer there it was a little bit better but then you know i think i went as far as i could go with that and 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 uh, I got to the point um, where I wanted to phase myself. I, do, I had done a couple of weddings by this point, you know, where friends ask you if you'll do a wedding. That's the bit yeah, similar to yeah. everyone else, I guess. Um, so I thought, I actually think I'd like to just be a freelance photographer, do a little bit of commercial work, some wedding photography. My first website, you know, was the classic wedding portrait and commercial photography, uh, where you sort of jack of all trades, master of none, and uh, yeah. quickly found out. Well, not quickly actually, not as quick as I should have found out that you need to just specialise in one thing and not and not by all means do other things and have different websites. But your wedding website needs to be just weddings. So uh, yeah, I lost my job anyway. I wanted to go part time and phase myself into weddings, but I lost my job and had to just go for it. Uh, so yeah, when when I started working for, for myself doing weddings. Which was in two thousand and I think ten. Uh, I, I literally had two weddings booked in the diary. So, <laughs> yeah. So quite quite often you see uh, Facebook groups now, and you see um, there will be someone that says, uh, "Oh, I really want to get into photography. Uh, how many weddings do you think I should have booked in before I make the jump?" And uh, and they're like, "Oh, well, you know, currently have about twenty. I'm currently have about twenty. And I was like, "Yeah, go for it." Yeah. <laughs> I had two. <laughs> That's it. And sometimes that extra kind of um, almost, I guess, fear that kind of like, you know, if you if you leave the world of a stable income into the world of the freelance income, yeah, it gives you even more incentive and drive to make it work rather than just kind of ticking over in the background. And yeah, sure. Yeah, baptism of fire isn't a bad thing. Um <clears throat> So, um, so you've been shooting um, full time since 2010. Is that right? Yeah, did my f- my first wedding was 2005, and then I think I yeah. did. I, I literally did two, maybe three weddings be- before I went full time. So when I when I went full time wedding photographer in 2010, I'd shot like four or five weddings. <laughs> right, but I, I always I always felt confident I could do it. Um, it's, it's weird because. Even though I've ne- I've always favoured the natural uh, reportage style, mm-hmm. even when even when I the first wedding I ever did, I did lots of. I thought because my full time job is basically family group shots things. It's like, well, I, I, I'm happy I can do the family group shots and and get those organised and done timely and make them look like they're having a nice time, you know. And I did a few cheesy, gimmicky venture style couple portraits where you'd have, like, yeah. you know, bride in the foreground. Not like the cool stuff you see now, but very much just, yeah, just because that's what we did at Venture. I basically took Venture on, onto the streets of, and onto the weddings. <laughs> um, 
but I, but there was a, there was a local photographer in my area and she's always, and she still is very popular in, in the local area. Um, and I always, I always was very attracted to the picture. She, I thought they looked very different and very modern at the time. And they looked like real moments from weddings. It turns out, I think they're pretty much all staged, but I, didn't right, know okay. that. I thought they were real. So I, so I, achieve, I strive to, to achieve that without staging it. Uh, so I think that was probably quite a good grounding, you know, sort of uh, for looking for those kind of moments because I just thought I had to look for them. I want, yeah, I want yeah, to be yeah. as good as her. I want to get pictures like her. I want people to book me. I've got to work hard to get those pictures. And, and it didn't enter my head that she might be staging it. It was, only, <laughs> it was only years later when you looked at every single wedding getting the same shots and you go, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. That's it. Um, so it's interesting so that, you know, from sort of very early on, you were naturally drawn to the sort of the documentary reportage style. Um, was that a kind of a, a genre of photography you were kind of uh, aware of at the time? Or was that something you kind of discovered later on that kind of, oh, that's what it's called? Exactly that, yeah. I think I think it must be really cool for people that are like street photographers and then they take that into weddings. That's cool. I think that's really good. I didn't get, I didn't go in that way. Um, I, I was just drawn to um, the more natural looking pictures. And it seemed that it was a bit cooler again, because wedding photography, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying wedding photography is cool, but it definitely wasn't cool when I started. <laughs> and, it, and it was just starting to get a little bit less cheesy. And, and I thought I could enjoy this, you know. Um, yeah, and I, I just enjoyed being around people having a nice time and, and, you know, the feedback you get and what the pictures you show. And you just started to think that the, the more – I've never liked the word candid, but I've always – the, the candid pictures were always the more popular ones. So I just started to think um, that might be the area of this I enjoy the most and I'm better at than – because I'm when it comes to couple, I love couples pictures, but I'm no Liam Crawley. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I don't have all these amazing ideas unless I'm in a place where there's so much option for a really cool composition. Yeah, I'm not that creative. I just, I just, as long as the couple look happy, I'm, I'm that's good enough for me. I want to get pictures where they look like they're having a laugh, and then the rest of the time, I want to get you know a nice storytelling picture of the whole day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it must be super useful having that sort of experience from doing the venture stuff, just having sort of like some basic sort of go-to kind of idea with sort of posing if you need yeah, to pull it out would, of the bag. I would actually say it's a blessing and a curse, right? So when I moved, when I moved to this other studio, um, um, my my mentor, I guess, he, he, he was a very old school photographer. He, he shot my sister's weddings in the 90s. Uh, he was the guy with the reputation. He was the youngest ever member of the BIPP, uh, and he had yeah. he had a pretty good name in in the area. Um, and he was like my mentor. So my my um, way of being brought into when I went, you know, doing weddings was his way a little bit, where you get your group shots done first, you know, get them done immediately. You know, bish bash, bish bash, all the formal stuff done, and and I always sort of quite liked that approach because I thought I don't like doing group shots. I want to get those out of the way, and then I can just enjoy the rest of the day. But actually, I think now 
it, it was quite hard to break that that mentality because um, mm-hmm. I think now I actually like couples to come out of the wedding and enjoy themselves a little bit before I do group shots. And also the guests then don't see you as the photographer, the official photographer. I hate that word. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, so I, uh, it took me a little bit of time just to, to break that mentality and start thinking about actually how I'm going to get the best results for, for my, for my style. And, uh, having that old, old school voice in my head was quite tough to, to ignore for a while. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's cool, man. So I guess you kind of, on a typical church wedding, then you kind of, you, you, you don't, like like a lot of old school photographers would do all the group stuff straight outside. Yeah, because you know sometimes couples come out and they look at you like they're expecting you to do that. And and I think by my favourite moments at weddings are those natural shots when they've just got. If we're talking if we're talking about a church wedding when they come out of church and they're hugging everyone, mm-hmm. that, that's one of my favourite parts of the day. I love that, and it's a good way of getting good shots of all the guests naturally. But also, if they come out and go straight into the, into hugging the couples and whatnot. It sets a precedent for the day where you're capturing the day. You're not there to direct or boss them around. Yeah, 100%. And I think then later in the day, when they see with a camera, they don't feel they need to kind of go. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Yeah, people aren't playing up to the camera. Um, So when you're sort of shooting a wedding, um, obviously you're going at it from a, a, a documentary approach so you're kind of quite hands-off and obtrusive unless you need to be with the group shots and things like that and what sort of things catch your eye that you kind of immediately are drawn to do you go off sort of emotions or light or all of the above you know what's your kind of I guess yeah approach and stuff so uh, well I mean I guess the important thing is always it's always moment um that's that's if there's no, if it's not a, a good moment, then it's not a great picture, is it? But I would say that uh, more and more over the years, my eye has been drawn to light and composition. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, so we're not not every wedding is in a really beautiful place that where you instead see these frames and go, wow. Some, so sometimes it's just all about being close to the people and, and just getting those lovely moments and emotions. But yeah, I would say if, if I was to summarize my style and, and you know, an, an ideal scenario for me is I go somewhere and I see um, like a, a frame that is visually interesting and, and it might have, some, I don't know, a beam of light going somewhere. And then you think, okay, this is going to make a great picture. It needs a moment. I'm going to stay here and wait for something to happen right in that spot there. Uh-huh. You've got to weigh up in your head, what's the likelihood of something happening in, in that, you know? Am I just going to stand here and miss the wedding? Or, <laughs> or, or, or is it quite likely that people are going to come either this way and, and even better, something funny or whatever happened there? Um, yeah, yeah. You, you've just got a bit of an intuition, haven't you? If you, if you think you're, this amazing shot is way away from everyone else, it's not very likely anything's going to happen there. If you think there's a good chance, like it's on the way from arriving at the venue to the room where everyone's the reception is, then you think, okay, there's a good chance I'm going to get a cool shot here. So, yeah. um, so I guess that's that's my my drawn my what I'm drawn to. 
so you kind of so I always kind of uh, I, I can't remember where I heard the term but it kind of um was used with street photography but I think it applies massively to repertage wedding photography that you kind of you, you hunt or you fish yeah so like like you you know if you if you see it's like um um Henri Cartier-Bresson's decisive moment working backwards you know you find your your composition your background your light and stuff and then you're waiting for that thing to happen yeah so you're, you're fishing in one spot yeah. which when you're doing street photography you can spend all day in one place <laughs> waiting for that yeah. moment obviously when you're shooting a wedding you don't have that luxury so I would I would say I would say I do fish a bit actually at weddings but you know when when it's a, when it's the time to do it for example so yeah. drinks reception you, you sort of I'm drawn I suppose during the drinks reception I'm um, I'm I'm drawn to who's in nice light and who's laughing mm -hmm. uh, so I'm I'm more drawn to people at that point but once yeah. I feel like I've gone round and got a, a good feel for the wedding and I've and I've captured a good number of guests that the couple are going to be happy with. Yeah. I feel that I'm usually left with a good hour of playtime for me. Yeah. So that's when I'll fish and 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 look for those kind of shots. Um, yeah, yeah. And wait somewhere where, you know, and I'll, and I'll probably, I'd probably always not be too far away from where the couple are. I'm not saying every shot's going to have them in it, but if they're there and you can see them, there's a good chance you're not missing anything too important. So, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, it definitely it's a good mix of a, a little bit of hunting and then a little bit of fishing. <laughs> I, wedding photography, it's, um, you, you've always got to remember, I suppose, that you're doing a job for them. The pictures are for them. Yeah. But, but, but there's also got to be some of it that's for you. Um, and I think the two work hand in hand as well because you show the pictures that are for you, that you love. They love those pictures. So they're also kind of the pictures that they want as well. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So I, I feel, you know, I feel that that is a good way of being able to capture a good amount of the wedding. And also sort of like, um, if not, not everyone sort of does it, but if ever, you know, you get an opportunity where you get asked to, um, second shoot for a photographer, some of my favorite images that I've shot have actually been whilst I've been second shooting yeah. because you're given a little bit more freedom yeah. and you, you know that obviously the main photographer is doing the job that needs to be done yeah. and you're obviously there to do a job as well, but you do have that bit more flexibility to be creative and sure. try things. And some, I, some, I, I love second shooting. Well, I I, some of the pictures that I sent you, uh, I, I was, I was from when I was second shooting. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've, I've had a, a couple of fields awards from, and, and reportage awards from second shooting. I haven't, I don't do a lot of it. I haven't second shot for ages, but I'm actually second shooting for the first time in about two or three years tomorrow. <laughs> oh right, amazing! Who's yeah. that with? Uh, do you know Heather Barron? I don't know. Oh. I'm sorry, I beg your pardon. Heather Butterworth. She's called Heather Butterworth. So um, yeah, she's called Heather Butterworth, and that's her business name. But I actually used to go to school with her years ago, so that's why I slipped up and said Heather Barron because right. <laughs> I've known her since <laughs> I was a kid. <laughs> so are you looking forward to that? I am actually. Kind of, yeah. A little bit of freedom, and it's the first weekend that I've not had a wedding in ages. So there's a part of me that thought. Why have you done this, Dave? You could have had a, a weekend off, but I am looking forward to doing it. Um, it'd be it'd be nice to catch up with her, and and also her husband. Um, it, I also used to go to school with, 
So it'll be, nice, it'll be lovely to see them. I think it's going to be a great day. Um, I'm looking forward to shooting a wedding. Yeah, just just essentially just photographing what interests me and not worrying about any of the other things. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and seeing how, they, how 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 she works as well. I think that'll be quite cool. You always yeah. you can always pick up little little tips and. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I, I wasn't second shooting, actually. The couple booked me and another photographer separately. So she had two oh, really? photographers. Now, this didn't come to light until uh, a couple of weeks before the wedding. Right. Uh, it turns out the other photographer was the uh, the great and the wonderful Lindsay Goddard. Uh, no way. So, so me and her were booked separately, both as main photographers. <laughs> but I think, we, I think we worked quite well together. And Lindsay's okay. someone who whose work I've admired for a long time. And uh, and even though we've never met in real life, we, we, we chat on Instagram and things like that. And mm-hmm. she's brilliant. And, and it was really great to meet her. And actually, it's really interesting seeing how she works as well. Uh, I, think, I think we sort of are drawn to the same things, but she's a bit shorter than me and a bit, I think she's a bit faster than me as well. So I kept going, there. And as soon as I got there, she was already there. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so was that was that an intentional thing? Or was that an accidental thing that two photographers got booked? Or so, uh, I think what had happened. I think they'd actually got in touch with Lindsay first, and I think what had happened was because um, you got to understand a lot of the time couples haven't done this before and they don't know what the the, the procedure is. I think mm-hmm. she liked both mine and Lindsay's work. She had two photographers that she was drawn to uh, and she'd spoken about having second photographers. She didn't realise that the, the the done thing is to book a photographer and that photographer sorts out the second photographer. Got but it, she yeah. just thought, okay, well, these are the two. We're going to book both of them. Right, right. <laughs> you know? well, and, and I think it could have been problematic with another photographer, but with, but with Lindsay, I think, we, I think we worked quite well and it was just great to meet her, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, absolutely. And you get to work... With like you say, I mean that that's another reason why I love second shooting because you just get to yeah. see into another photographer's world and approach, and you, you were always going to pick something up from yeah from what they're doing. What's a little bit harder about that scenario though is that you ha- I had to remember that I wasn't second shooting, so I still had to get a lot of uh, you know yeah yeah. I mean, there was times where where I sort of thought I don't just want to stay at the back of the ceremony; I need some shots in the front as well, you know. Luckily, again, it was an outdoor ceremony. There was plenty of space for us all to move around. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it was good. It was good. Yeah. Yeah, but, but back to it, second shooting, I think, is great, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, uh, especially if you Especially if you're newer. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a good way to build up confidence, make contacts. Um, and, and if you're not as busy as well, it's a good way of... Uh, if you Make sure you're second shooting for someone that lets you use the pictures. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's a good way of just making it look like you're busier, perhaps, and uh, and and keeping your social medias fresh. So yeah, yeah. and just keeping know. your eye in. Well, that's it. It stops you getting rusty. Just you know, it's um, yeah. Do you do you use a second shooter very much? Not really. Um, if a couple want one, then then great. Uh, but yeah, and more often than not, I work on my own. It's not because I don't like having a second shooter. It's just. 
when I send my prices through, more often than not, they don't book a second shooter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially at the moment, I think people are being a lot more sort of conscious on their costs and yeah. and things like that. Yeah, and um, I don't, I don't yeah. ever really want to take advantage and have anyone. I've had, I've had people coming. Uh, like I said, people that have, that have come for free that have said, "Yeah, um, can I come and shoot with you?" Um, and then it's like, "Yeah, of course you can," but obviously this couple haven't paid for a second photographer. So, you know, and, but then one, but then once it's, however, and there's one person that springs to mind who, you know, that was the case with, but then they were great. And then they started to get busier. But then if ever I did need a second photographer, that was actually, that person became someone that I would go to first and say, can you, can you shoot for me? You know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. That's good. Well, if you ever need a second, give me a shout or always be up for, uh, Come in and uh, shoot in a wedding with you. Well, I was about to say it's probably a little bit. Um, I shoot all over the country, although probably 60, 70% of them are in my area. Um, so, yeah, so actually, that's probably not even true. It's probably 50 50 now. Anyway, yeah, great. I was going to say yeah. you're probably a little bit of a, a distance from me, but then as you reminded me earlier, you've uh, you've got family near me. So, yeah. Yeah, it's perfect. I can I can pop in and see the family and go. do a bit of photography. Sounds and then good. Go to Holmes Mill for a beer and then shoot a wedding. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Too shoot sure. a wedding then go for a beer. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Let's the, get it the right way around. <laughs> that's the way we needed to go out. <laughs> I would. I presume you have a similar sort of mindset to a lot of photographers that I talk to when it comes to sort of kit. That it's kind of less about the kit and more about how you use it and things like that. Are you pretty sort of simple with your, yeah. your set. I mean I was reading on your website I love I loved the story about when you started out you had one one body one lens and it didn't have a lens cap so you used to use a sock instead I did actually go to my first couple of weddings with a, with a sock on the lens yeah no one <laughs> saw that that was just in the I didn't even have a camera bag I just had a camera on the seat next to me with a sock over the lens so uh, yeah do you know what it was it was a lovely um having one camera and a zoom lens it was it was i, I used to do the whole wedding on a 2470 uh, mm-hmm. i i now um shoot with a 35 or an 85 and i've yeah, still got like 2470 in the bag and that's it um i use two camera bodies obviously now rather than one um i did have a couple of other like even wider lenses but i just got rid of them um my i i've got what I call a nighttime bag, which has got like LED lights and flashes and things like that in. Um, yeah. But for the most part, my camera bag consists of two camera bodies with a 35 on one and 85 on the other, a 24-70 and a single flash gun. And and that's, that's it. If I have too many, right, I would like some more lenses, I'll be honest with you. But every time I've, I sort of think I'm going to buy one, I find out my wife's made a purchase of something else, and I think <laughs> I'll get it next month. Um, but I actually, I actually like uh, not having too much choice because if I have too many options, I fall apart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's the same where if you're if you're a we- it's the wedding ceremony and you're waiting for the bride to come in and she's late you know, I'll have a go-to spot. I think, right, this frame looks nice. I can see the groom there. I see her coming in here. I can get the feel for the room. All is good. And then if I've got five minutes, 10 minutes, I start going, 
Or what if I crouch down and get a bit of this uh, on the table here and shot? Oh, it's going to look better there. I'm going to see the green better from over there. Maybe I should go over there. Oh, no, it's better as a, let's just stay how I was. You know, let's start too many ideas. Yeah, yeah. So if I had too many lenses, I'd probably probably be the same. Um, yeah. So yeah. I would like to get a new 2470. And I would mm-hmm. like to get, I'd quite like to get a 50. I've never had a 50 lens. Yeah, I, I 50 was kind of like the first lens i had and it was yeah it's a really really good focal length but it does for couple stuff especially the only the only yeah. time i don't like using a 35 and i do but the only time i don't really like a 35 is doing couple sh- couple shots um right so i think i'd rather have the 35 85 all day except for when i do the couple bit and i'd go 50 85 i've um last year so i'm sort of similar to you i think um like like a, a lot of the, the the repertoire photographer 3585 is like the go-to yeah. setup i sometimes um, find 35 not wide enough but yeah 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 i know um alan law 2485 mm-hmm. which is like super wide it's like um i used to shoot 28 just because at the time sony didn't have a a, a good 35 um but yeah i think you just kind of, and when you've been shooting those focal lengths for so long, you just know how that shot's going to look and you, you know, your positioning, you, you just, as soon as you yeah. bring the camera up, you, you know what you, it's going to look. You know how much space you need, you know, you, yeah, you, you, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah. I, I mean, on the dance floor, I've been pretty much at 24 the whole time, but, um, yeah. Yeah. I got um I got the 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 Tamron 35 to 150 last year mm-hmm. which is a 2 to 2.8. So it kind of like Right. And is it a, is it a good build quality 2 to 2.8? Yeah, yeah, wow. like absolute tank. Yeah. Um not very big. It like it's it's smaller than a 70 to 200. Right. That's it. Um but yeah, you get 35 to 150 and it's f2 to f2.8 so yeah yeah and it is great and i used it on some weddings last year and the one thing that i found was when i was using that lens i kind of wasn't shooting with intent because i had the zoom my focal lengths were just all over the place and i wasn't moving as much and i was relying on having that extra sort of throw and stuff so i kind of like it's in my bag and it's like, I guess I use it during speeches mm. because I've just got that extra bit of like reach if I need to. But otherwise it pretty much just stays in my bag because it just, I don't know, the the, the images I getting, were getting just didn't feel like they were shot with a purpose. It was just, you know, it's I really do, hard to explain. Mean. Yeah, I do know what you mean, yeah. Um, but yeah, it is a, a great one to have sort of, a, and second shooting I tend to just use that the whole day because then i'm going to get that extra reach that the other photographer potentially is not going to get yeah um but yeah it's, but, it's interesting there's shooting. quite a bit of prime snobbery about though because i don't think i think some of the zoom lenses there's nothing wrong with the zoom lens especially when you've had that um prime like for example when i've shot if i use a 24 70 for a part of the day now i still have that 35 85 mentality um, so I still think about my shots. I still move like like that's how I'm composing my shots. Yeah. 
I just feel like I've got a little bit, I'm not going to miss anything by swapping cameras or whatever. Um, next, so next year I'm going to move to, I'm going to get the Nikon Z8 camera. Mm-hmm. And when I get that, and I, that's because I'll only have one of those that might make me go for one body for a little bit. So, but then, but then someone, uh, that I know often has a, a very good mentality, which I do agree with. And it is, is it going to make you more money? Yeah. And if the answer is no, then. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What, 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 what's the, the, the thing? Will it make your ships go faster? Exactly. I mean, for example, um, with the, like with the lenses that I use, I favor the 1.8 lenses over the 1.4 or two ones. Um, mm-hmm. for a couple of reasons. And the main one is the smaller and the lighter, they're just as sharp. Couples can't tell the difference. Um, and, um, and I, and I, and I just don't shoot that wide open anyway. Uh, no. sometimes, sometimes in a ceremony I do couples shots I do, but apart from that, my, my go-to focal length has always been sort of F4. Uh, sorry, not focal yeah. length, aperture, sorry. It's always been like F4 and, um, and if I want to try and get a more layered picture, F8 or so, you know. Yeah. And I think a lot of people forget that and kind of, they just constantly shoot wide open to yeah. begin with just because it's there. Well, it's fine. But you start thinking when you start thinking like, um, and, and this is where uh, things like this is reportage and awards have been good for me because I didn't used to think about this. I used to, I used to think about composition uh, and then I used to focus on who the main subject was in that frame. But then now I sort of think who's behind them, uh, where can I fit them into a clear spot as well, Uh, or even there and that gap there. And then you think, well, there's no point if I'm including all these things in the frame, it looks better if they're also in focus. Plus being a Nikon photographer, uh, I stand more chance of getting things in focus. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So speaking of your images and your sort of work um something that i like to get uh people who come on the the podcast to talk about is a um a a favorite wedding image that that you've taken a favorite photograph that could be one that's maybe amassed the most awards or it could be one that was a particular i guess hallelujah moment of sort of very early on in your career or something like that so um i've asked you to uh, pick from your your portfolio uh, an image that is your favourite image, um, which I'll put up uh, on the screen now. So if uh, if you're listening and watching this on Spotify, you can you can bring up the video and you can see the image we're talking about. Do you want to sort of ex- explain this image and why it's your favourite? How you took it? How the story evolved? Sure. So um, the picture which uh, is on screen. It's uh, it's one that I actually took a while back in 2017. It doesn't seem that long ago. Um, it's not that it's my favourite image, uh, although it was it was one of my favourite images for a long time. Um, it would still be in my top, you know, fifty or whatever. But it was it was a I feel a turning point in my career. It was a confidence booster. It was when I so before this wedding, which was a fantastic wedding. Um, before this wedding, I had just sort of sailed along on my own. I'd kept myself to myself and it wasn't until I moved, cause we used to live in Brighton. It wasn't until I moved back up North when we had kids, um, that I 
sort of put myself out there and went on a few workshops with other photographers and uh, became friends with other photographers. And um, it was after um, Neil Redfern, I went on his workshop and, uh, and I became, you know, pretty good friends with Neil. And, um, and um, after his workshop, he did like a bit of a critique. Um, so I had a few of my pictures critiqued and then he said, oh, I love this one. Um, you should enter that into awards. So I entered it to the Masters Award and that was the first time I, I'd had a Weddison Award before that. And that was the first time I got what I would consider to be uh, a respectable award. And suddenly it opened the door to me entering other things and winning more awards and, and it really started to build my confidence. Um, so it was, a, it was a real turning point for me where I sort of thought, you, you know, I can, I can do this. I'm not, maybe I'm not as bad as I thought. Um, it also was the first time I felt I'd captured a picture that I loved that was worthy of going as the first picture on my website, uh, mm -hmm. being a, not a, a real moment of my wedding and not a couple portrait. And because I wanted to put, put myself out there as a, although I don't use the word ex like strictly like a documentary photographer, um, but that was what I wanted to show. So it was the first time I felt I'd got a really good um, picture that I could sort of put that message out about myself. Mm -hmm. It got me awards. It built my confidence. Um, and at the time of taking it, what I was looking for, it was one, again, it was one of those moments after church and um, I'd gone straight to capturing moments and I saw this little old lady coming along. I thought, this has got to be the bride's grandma. It's obviously a shot you don't want to miss. So I remember being much closer than the finished picture. I started really close. I wanted to get the emotion of, you know, this, this hug, this moment. And then while I was concentrating on that, I don't know if it, maybe I, cause sometimes you squint, maybe I had one eye open at the same time looking at what else was coming along. And I heard a bit of, oi, oi, like that. And I saw best man <laughs> coming and I saw groom giving it a bit of this. So I thought, oh, let's step back a little minute. And it was, and I got that hug and then over the top, they high-fived at the same time. So I had the satisfaction of getting sort of two things in one frame. And I remember, and I'm not encouraging that people chimp at weddings. You shouldn't, you shouldn't perhaps do too much of that. But I remember getting this shot and instead going, oh, that was brilliant. I hope I've got it in focus. And I remember actually running off and just going, yes. I'm really happy with that picture. <laughs> so I just, um, it was just a moment that I remember nailing and, and, it, and it, yeah, and it just built my confidence up. Uh, and, and I felt that was, I felt that that was almost like the start of when I started to do all right, basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So whenever I, whenever you ask, because I've, I've taken that, done that many weddings, it's hard to think of a favorite picture. I've got lots of favorite pictures and, and I've got pictures that I prefer to that one now. But when you sure. ask me, when you ask me the question, the first one that always goes to my mind is, is that picture. Yeah. No, that's amazing. Like you say, it's, um, there's, there's more to that image than just it being a great image and a great moment yeah. because of what it meant there's, to you as a photographer. There's pictures that I've put much more effort into and that I could tell you much more of a story about how I caught them. Um, but it, it was, it was, it was the moment and what I meant and, and what I, I suppose it let, kind of led on to. Yeah. Sort of like I'm looking over your work and stuff. Um, I guess, uh, what, one of my favorite images that you've shot, 
um, that I think is fantastic is the uh, the little boy looking through the window at the wedding cake. <laughs> yeah, and just like what a, what an amazing uh, moment to to that, get. The first Felix Award I ever got was for that picture, actually. Um, was it? The uh, so the the thing the things with that shot was it it was at a wedding where it was during the drinks reception, and you know when you you sort of I'm not one of these photographers that goes to great lengths to get lots of detailed pictures. I'll get a picture of the room or something um, because it's a quick, easy shot and it, and and it's nice for them to have a record of how the room looks before you guests destroy it. Um, mm-hmm. But. Um, I, I remember I, I felt like I'd got a good amount of pictures of the drinks reception and hadn't anything had really happened for a little while. So I thought I'll go, and, I'll go inside and get a picture of the cake and whatnot. So I went in to get a picture of the cake and I got bog standard, nice, you know, wide open F 1.8 picture of the cake. Um, and, um, uh, and outside was this boy running backwards and forwards. So I got a picture of cake and I thought, I'm going to try it. It's much more of an interesting cake picture if I can get him in there as well. Mm-hmm. So all I was thinking was, and it's got like this gridded window, so let's compose it. We need the cake in the picture because it sort of, it just anchors, it, it makes it a wedding picture, it, you know. Yeah. So I'll have the cake in the picture and then this boy is running back and forwards. All I'm thinking of is I'm going to try, and camera's in machine gun mode. I'm going to try and get a shot of him in focus because I was still using a D750 at the time. Uh, <laughs> running backwards and forwards. So uh, I had a handful and then I thought the best one I can get is if I can get him in that window frame there. And I was I was on this shot for ages. Now this is one that I waited for. And eventually, I don't know if he, he just, it wasn't actually me that he spotted, it was the cake. So when he's right, looking at the okay. camera, he's, I think he's, he's actually looking at the cake because I was next to the cake. Right, and right. He, and he just suddenly looked through the window and he went, ooh, like that. <laughs> and at that point, I'd already got some shots that were probably usable of him running backwards and forwards, but he stopped right where I wanted him to and he froze and there was a great expression. So there's yeah. an element of luck in there, isn't there? You know, you, you pray to the photography gods that you'll get something. Yeah. Um, obviously, I'd, I'd I'd seen a frame and I'd waited for something to happen, um, but I didn't know it was going to happen as well as it did. So yeah, no. yeah, that, no. that's one of my favourites as well. Um, so, what's your what's your favourite? Do you, do you have a favourite part of the wedding day that you particularly look forward to shooting? Or because I know I know a lot of people like prep, like the bridal prep in the morning. Every wedding's different, isn't it? I used yeah. to like I used to like prep, but. And I do, um, but I'm I'm finding now because I'm you take so many pictures at a wedding. Um, uh, how many prep pictures do you need? Because sure. I, you know, um, handful really is all you really need, isn't it? A couple of a nice makeup, two or three nice makeup shots. One of the guys getting ready and having a beer. Couple of the girls popping some prosecco and having a laugh. Dad seeing his daughter. Think, how much more do you need? You know. Um, so, when it comes to culling, which let's be honest, it's not every, every photographer's favourite part of wedding photography. Why do you want to have two thousand pictures of prep to cull? <laughs> so I'm actually yeah. I'm actually trying to shoot a little bit less prep uh, and. and 
still get the key moments, but just because prep for me has all been about them getting used to me being there and how I work. Yeah. So I don't, I don't always, I might have the camera to my face, but I'm not always pressing the button. Um, so it's a good warm up time as well, isn't it? It's like getting you stretching in before you the, feel uh, like you know you're it there. Gets it gets the anxiety out a little bit, or like about whole. Oh, am I going to get there on time? You know, all that kind of stuff. It gets all the jitters out for everyone. But I don't really feel I need that many pictures. Um, so my favorite part of the day, I don't know, it could be different at every wedding. You know, I did a wedding before I went to Italy. My favorite part of the day was a ceremony. It was. It was just this beautiful, the light was beautiful. There was nice moments in the ceremony. I've done a wedding down in, in London on the Thames last year. My favourite part of the wedding was the drinks reception because we were just mm. in the sun on the uh, on, on a boat on the Thames. Everyone looked great. Everyone was having a good time. And we just happened to be passing all these iconic landmarks at the same time. That was absolutely my favourite part of the wedding. Um, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you have a, a really good party, and that was my favourite part of the wedding. So I don't know. I probably, probably the majority of weddings, the part the part where I start to enjoy myself is the drinks reception, because that's just when it's a bit more. You've got a little bit more time to relax and go and do what you want a bit. Yeah. Have you ever shot a wedding where it's just been like? I don't know, sort of uh, like it's given you nothing. You've had to work so much harder to kind of bring stuff yeah. Oh, yeah. out of the wedding. Yeah, definitely. Multiple weddings every year, no doubt. Um, I mean, I know that there's a, a, a sort of an, a, an attitude out there that uh, if you're not seeing a story, you need to look harder. And I'm sure that I'm sure that there's some truth to that to a degree, but. Um, Sometimes there's just not really that much going on. Um, and But I think what I always try and remember is as long as I'm doing my best and that is what happened, the couple aren't going to expect anything more. And ultimately, while you shoot for yourself and your own satisfaction, ultimately you are doing a job for a couple. And and as long as you're getting pictures that you, you know that they're going to love, that's what matters. If I can get a handful of pictures out of each wedding that I can use for my own social media or something great. Um, I pretty much, there's pretty much always something that I get from every wedding that I'm happy with um, yeah. for myself. Um, but yeah, but, but I'm, I'm pretty confident most of the time, I think that, uh, that I'm getting shots that a couple are going to be happy with. That's it. Yeah. Not, not every wedding's going to be an award winning wedding but like and it doesn't need to be either so you no. know as long as you have more weddings that you come away from with a buzz than than the other then that's all good yeah absolutely um so obviously you've um, you've shot a few weddings now um over the years have you had any uh particularly and i mean i, I know from your website there are a, a number of funny stories but um have you got any sort of particular sort of embarrassing or funny stories from from weddings you've shot yeah um i mean probably multiple i mean i probably have an embarrassing story every single wedding and <laughs> sometimes i try and block them out so they don't always come to mind that easily um i mean embarrassing stories i i, I photographed a friend's say a friend of a friend's wedding once and my ex-girlfriend was at it and 
I split my pants right in front of her as I jumped. And, and as I was going past her, I remember hearing her going, that's Dave split his pants. And, <laughs> and, I, and I didn't have dark, I, I always wear dark boxer shorts at weddings from now on because I didn't have dark ones on that day. And it was obvious that you could see my boxer shorts. So, uh, and I didn't have a spare change of pants. So I always wear dark boxer shorts and always take spare, spare pants. Um, I've slipped and fallen over multiple times at weddings. Um, I've run into things. I've crashed into people. I've turned around and cracked kids' heads with my cameras. <laughs> um, I've, um, I've, I've stood up in the way of something that I shouldn't have done. Just things like that happen to me at every single wedding. I'm, I think, I think I like to think I'm quite spatially aware, but mm. yeah. Um, yeah. I've got multiple stressful situated stories. I've, I've had weddings where I've, I did a wedding in Mallorca and I was sweating so much and I made the mistake of wearing a light gray shirt on because I thought it'd be the coolest one to wear. And it was just completely see-through and I'm just spending this, I just, I'm like, I was just, that was embarrassing. That was humiliating. Uh, I had got a spare <laughs> shirt though, but I just couldn't change into it until after the ceremony. And it's like, you know, when people don't care, uh, they're not looking at you, but you feel like they are. And that makes you sweat yeah. even more. <laughs> yeah, it's like the yeah. pilot in an airplane, just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. I mean, we, we wouldn't be human if uh, if this stuff didn't happen to us during a wedding. Yeah. Um, I, I had a wedding where I turned up and I'd been so kind of, I think it was it was the first wedding I did um after lockdown so i was super anxious about it anyway and i was so kind of focused on making sure i had everything and i sort of turned up and i got going and as soon as i started going i went i've not put any deodorant on ah. <laughs> how have i forgotten I to I've put deodorant that, yeah. on? and i've not normally i've got some like you know in my emergency packing case kind of thing i didn't have anything i was like and i could already tell that i wasn't wearing deodorant so I had to, during the prep, somehow sneak into the groom's prep and lift some deodorant that I saw on the side, sneak off, use it, and then sneak back, place it back without anyone noticing, and then crack on. And I got away with it. Yeah. But like, just little things like that, you're like, oh, do you know, do you know what? I think, I think actually, you could just say to the guys, oh, I'm really sorry. Do you know, you'll never guess what I've done today. Could I borrow some? I know. I'm sure no one in mind with it. You've remi- I mean, you've reminded me of a couple of other ones now. Uh, so I've, I'm sure, I think I've done that before, but not remembered that I had no deodorant until the way home. And, you know, um, <laughs> I, uh, oh, I remembered one then and it's gone again. Um, I mean, one of my favorite stories, which wasn't so much embarrassing, um, and this one is on my website, so I apologize if you've read it. Um, but I did go to bride prep once. So it was a, the wedding venue was somewhere that I know really, really well, but they didn't get ready there. They'd rented a cottage um, okay. in Ribchester. Mm-hmm. I know. And, um, and, I, and the sat nav took me to the cottage and I got out and I saw, you know, the girls always have the white dressing gowns and whatever on in the morning. I saw them all in the window. So I thought this must be the place. I got out, they're waving. I'm in the right place. So, um, so I got a couple of establishing shots of uh, where they were getting ready, and and then I went over and knocked to the door, and this lady answered the door. She's very lovely. Hi, how are you? Come in, come in. Really happy to see me. Oh, these guys are lovely. Um, and um, 
and I took myself into the room and I uh, and I sort of introduced myself to everyone. How are you all doing? Are you excited? Yeah, really excited. Oh, you know, I'm so excited. Oh, it's going to be such an amazing. Oh, you know, I was like, good vibes, good vibes, you know. So, uh, and then and then uh, and then um, the, I think the bride was called Amy, and I was like, so it's um, I, and I'd done a, I'd done a pre shoot for them, so I knew what Amy looked like. But I couldn't see her. So like, uh, it's, uh, is Amy around? Oh yeah, she's just upstairs. So okay, cool. Camera bag goes on the floor. I start getting out my camera, and they'll it's a bit of looking at each other. It's like, what? Uh, sorry, what? What are you doing? And it's like, uh, I'm just getting my camera out. Right. But I'm photographing the wedding. And they're like, oh, oh, I think you might be in the wrong place. This is a hen party. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, right, uh, but you said Amy. You were like, yeah, and it just coincidence that their bride was also called Amy. Um, anyway, they thought that I was the stripper. Amazing. <laughs> and that was at nine o'clock in the morning as well, so that day was going to get wild. Um, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my, where I should have been was just at the cottage next door. So it was a good icebreaker when I went in, and people had said to me, so did you, did you do a dance? And uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm not that confident in myself, but maybe I could have got a few tips or even at least the next wedding for when they did to get married. I don't know, but yeah. That's it. You leave your card. Just that was it, yeah. Yeah, if you need a photographer. It would have been like Jim on American Pie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so, obviously, we sort of mentioned at the start that you've, um, of your your career, you've picked up many awards from different people. I think one of the most impressive um, awards that uh, I think a, a wedding, photogra wedding photographer can get is a This Is Repertage Story Award because that's based on a series of images rather than a single image and those series of images tell a story. Sure. I think what, what is impressive as well is that not only have you won nearly just as many story awards as you have individually, I think you're 34 story awards and 36 <laughs> single awards. I'm not counted. <laughs> I was on the website last night counting them up for you, which is absolutely phenomenal, right, yeah. to be fair, to, to have th that sort of a collection of awards. But you've also been the storyteller of the year for the last two years running. Can you give people listening and me especially um you know sort of i guess tips or you know things to uh, how you how you approach i guess shooting in a way that you're kind of telling a story the images you look for um key moments but also how you would go about curating a panel of images to submit <clears throat> for yeah. things like the tir story award yeah uh yeah okay so uh i suppose the easiest place to start here with is um in the, i i entered tir the very first round uh, and i remember thinking to myself because i liked alan and I, and I and i wanted to support it and and i thought it looks great and and everyone's going to join this and if i don't win an award in this first round i'm never going to win one it's just going to get harder and harder and harder to win uh, so I actually got my first story award and the picture I told you about has been the turning point for me uh, with the, the hug and the high five. That picture was actually in that story. Um, so I got, mm -hmm. I got a story award in the first round 
Um, and at first I thought I'd won 20 awards. I didn't realize I'd won the story award. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so I, so I got, um, a story award and what I, like I said, that was a great wedding and you, you sort of look at the wedding as a whole and it, and it had a couple of nice prep shots, I had a few emotional moments. I had that, um, that hugging the high five moment. I had a couple of good fun party, like where they were playing rounders outside. There was some good dance floor stuff where the groom ripped his shirt off. So you've got to think if you've got a wedding with loads of exciting moments on, then you can quite easily curate it that way. Um, and then, and then the important thing after that is, is the transitions so that it flows. Mm -hmm. Right. When I, when I'm putting a story award together, the first thing I do is I think, what wedding have I shot that was really cool? That's not your everyday. And 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 I've I have won some story awards from weddings that have been fairly standard, where it's just had nice moments. But um, but the first thing I do is I think what's been a really cool wedding. What's going to stand out? You know, like the one I've just said, or a rave in the woods, or a boat trip on the Thames, or something yeah. where it's been really cool. And then you just pull out your favorite pictures. So I might pull out 50, 60 pictures from that wedding, drop them into a folder. And I go through and I can just quickly go out, 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 out. And then you get down to 30. And at that point, you've got to sort of start thinking, okay, these are all shots that I like now. What works? What balances? Uh, and like I said, transitions are really important as well. Um, so for example, the, the one that I did in Mallorca, one of my favorite transitions there was before um, we left bride prep, there was a picture where um, the, the bridesmaids were all um, adjusting the bride's dress. So you can see these pink, pink, pink dresses, white dress, pink, pink, and hands. And the hand was just straightening one of the white dresses. And then the next picture I included in the series was now at the ceremony. Um, and I didn't include any of, because you don't have to include stuff if it's not, just for the sake of thinking, I need a picture of this. You don't need to do that. You just put in your strongest images, but then think how you can tie all together afterwards. So I went from this picture with the brides and the bridesmaids' hands and the pink dresses and the white dress to a shot mid-ceremony where I was taking, I was shooting through some pink flowers and I'd focused on the bride and groom holding hands. So again, mm. you've got pink, 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 white dress, hand holding this time rather than adjusting the dress. So it's just little details how you can sort of take it from one place to the next um, yeah. while just showing your favorite strongest images. I feel that you don't have to show the obvious. Everyone always enters confetti pictures. It's a great part of the day. So it's a, it's a fun, colorful moment where you get natural reactions, but, but everyone enters confetti pictures. So you're fighting up against something where there's a really outstanding competitive picture, you know, unless you've yeah. got a great one where someone slaps, throwing it so hard and accidentally slaps someone in the face or got the finger stuck up the nose or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So, so what I do when, when I'm, when I'm curating it is you, you get your favorite pictures down, you look out for the standard shots, sorry, the standout shots that need to be absolutely in there. And then the shots that try and tie it all together. Um, mm -hmm. try and have a variety and a balance. So some wide shots, some close shots, um, consistency. So you like, you've got a consistent editing style 
I mm-hmm. generally, if there's a black and white shot in there, I would like to have another black and white shot in there or four black and white shots, just so it's not like one random black and white shot. Um, yeah. And make sure your first image, your first two images are, are strong because when you're looking, because I've judged for TIR as well, and when you're uh, looking through a lot of story awards, if the first picture is just another shot of a brush on someone's nose, you kind of like, I'll do this guy a favor and look at the next one. You're kind of already a bit out. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you've got to have a, you've got to have a standout first image for sure and end with a bang. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, so that's the tips in curating it. Um, but then from always doing that, that starts to go into your head. So when I'm at weddings, I actually think a bit like that when I'm photographing weddings now. Um, oh, cool, cool. So I'm always thinking of a transition shot. I'm thinking of um, if if we are going from one venue to another and they're all getting in a car, well, that's a good opportunity to get, because I might have one, once upon a time taken a picture of the venue as the first shot. But actually, you can get a picture of the venue, you can like that, but then wait for a car there and people walking out, making a nice composition of it. You've got your venue shot for the couple, but you've got a storytelling shot that's taking mm-hmm. you from prep to ceremony. And it's and it's just one part's leading into the next. Yeah. But try and shoot it well, you know? Um, what other tips would I have? <laughs> um, I mean, that that is really what I do. When, I, mm-hmm. when I'm putting one together, essentially you've just got to shoot. It's all down to what you do on the day. You've just got to look for moments, look for creative moments, look for things that are perhaps, um, like for example, I, I, I've got a bit of a go-to thing with speeches, the way I, where I, where I like to shoot is I like to be straight on squared up to say the top table, if there is a top table. Um, something that's got a really nice, strong composition. It's a wide, storytelling scene setting shot with guests at the bottom with um but then you've got to you've just got to make sure you stay there long enough to get that moment because a lot of the time people get a shot like that and then run off so you then need to wait for someone like the groom standing up and you need to have a moment with him going you know and then the rest of the top table looking and laughing at them uh and then i feel once i've got a shot like that i can then move on i like to get something mm-hmm. a bit more close up focus on who is being spoken to and how, and listening to what they're saying in the speech and, and looking for emotions. But then context is so important as well. So then I'll think to myself, well, I want this shot of this emotion, but what is, what is she wiping a tear at? So then you need to sort of discreetly stand up over like the speaker's shoulder and have enough of them in the frame. So you can see still focusing on that person, but, you now know what they're showing emotion at. Or if there's a guest that's really laughing, what are they laughing at? Well, show the speaker in the shot as well. And and then just as I think that's my mentality at weddings, but then it's just making sure that it, it, the composition composition's good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that so that's why I sweat a lot at weddings, because my mind's going like that one. <laughs> <laughs> but um but like and like that that same wedding I did in Mallorca, I had a uh, one of my favourite transition shots was um, this big gate that the bride and groom got announced to walk through. You could see the mountains in the background. Um, you could see enough of the guests at the bottom to know what was going on. And then the doors opened. They were sort of, you know, rule of thirds off to the side. And then they came in with their arms up. 
So I felt like I'd got a good, strong moment with them. You'd got the guests sort of cheering and stand up, waving a napkin. You'd got the setting, the beautiful setting, the mountain. Um, so it's almost like a landscape picture with a moment in it. So mm-hmm. um, it's, just, it's looking for that. It's, it's some close-up powerful pictures, some scene setting showing the environment, telling you where you are pictures, moments that lead you from one part into the next. Yeah, it's just, that's how I put it together, I think. Yeah, yeah. no, that's amazing, dude. I mean, yeah. I guess sort of like it's in in a lot of the images, obviously it's having uh, context for people that weren't there. Obviously, if you take a photograph of a bride and she's wiping a tear and stuff like that, she'll know why she was what particular part of the speech and stuff like that. But if for a judge, they won't necessarily, they'll get the, the, there's some emotion, but yeah. you know, what's triggered that. So yeah, having that context and, and stuff within the images to help that story. Um, I think context yeah. is, is a big one. You need to, it needs to, you need to clearly show what is happening, uh, what's causing a reaction and then, and then composition, and then if you can get light and all those kind of things in there as well, then brilliant. Um, yeah, but that, that's that's that is what I'm. I mean, sometimes you can just you can get a, if you've done a wedding where you've really done your best work. I think sometimes you can probably get away with just putting your favourite pictures in there. Um, but but in reality, I do, I do I do like to have a little bit of thought to to the flow mm-hmm. and. Um, and like I said, the first shot, it might not necessarily be the first shot that I took at the wedding as well. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, personally. Um, I'm, not, I'm, not, no. I'm not saying completely make the story up. I'm not saying that at all. But if you felt that you... if you, For example, if you started... Um, the prep pictures weren't that exciting but you've got this really cool creative shot with whatever, there's nothing to say you can't bring that to the front. You know? Yeah. Um, it's like a title page. Yeah, basically, exactly that. And, and I mean, there was one wedding where it was a great wedding. The whole day was a brilliant party. The dance floor was brilliant. The prep was in a farm house cottage. They're not known for great light. The makeup artist said, put the backs to this big window. I, I struggled to get anything good there, so I didn't include anything. I started my story at the end of the confetti shot, and I, I, I'm going back on what I just said about confetti then. But then, but at this one, it was a, they all had shotguns up in the air, and uh, <laughs> you, you know. So I was like, so I started with a bang. I thought I'm starting this. The church, the picture in church, they were nice. The couple were happy with them. I was happy with them. I'd probably put them on a blog, but there wasn't anything award-winning or anything that I felt was the start of the story. So I started at confetti. Um, Mm -hmm. because it's it's your story and you can show what you want or don't show what you what you want you know um and and like you're saying about like um the the whoever the photographer was will have to forgive me for not remembering who did the story but i remember there was a trr story award and it was all about the groom like knocked his tooth out or chipped his tooth like during prep and so the story was just, that one. Yeah. it was like 15, 20 images just about this tooth. And it wasn't any of the stuff that came before it or the, you know, very little of the end. And like that, that's what you're saying is like, you know, it, it doesn't have to be the entire wedding. 
enough if it's a, I, a small story within that wedding my favorite weddings uh, my favorite story awards have been those actually you're, you're right um I, i'm i've never put one together like that really but, i mean you get ones where um you know it focuses on the chaos that the kids are causing at weddings great dan morris had a really good one which focused on the bride's veil um Mm-hmm. which I thought was fantastic. Uh, every shot, the veil was doing something, big veil blowing in the wind, someone standing on the veil, confetti getting stuck in the veil, this with the veil. It, it, yeah. The veil was a feature in every shot, and it was brilliant. My favourite story of all time, um, and I, I, I brought it up at, at, at the Nine Dots thing, and I hope he forgives me if I say his name wrong, uh, but he, he won, was the overall winner, uh, was it last year or the year before, Volta Antunes. Um mm-hmm. And he did an amazing, and this was this was the round that I judged. And I remember messaging Alan after I'd finished judging. I said, finished, and I said, there's one story award in there. Don't know who's done it, but if it doesn't win an award, there's something wrong because it's absolutely amazing. Uh, and it did win an award. Um, and it was this uh, lady with a video camera. Um, right. and, and she was in every single shot. And the first shot was the dress hanging up standard boring except this has got this lady filming it right so 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 he was cleverly getting all the standard parts of the day but through this lady's camera and then there was other bits when he was shooting over her shoulder what she was so she was filming a group shot and then there was bits in the church where she's put it on her on her uh, the camera's on her knee and she's just wiping a tear and then there's another one where during the drunk reception she's there the camera's on her knee and she's eating a sandwich and then, and then the first dance is back on again, and she's there with this video camera like this. And they're all, they're all parts of the day where people go, bloody hell, there was this woman there with a the video camera. Make that the story. Embrace them. Yeah. Don't try and not have them in the picture. That, you know, that, that's good stuff. Yeah. The couple will love that. They'll see, they'll go, oh, that's Auntie Ida there with her camera. She's always, she never puts that thing down. Oh, you know. So, oh, yeah, yeah, that was my favourite story ever. That's, that's the only time I've seen a... Uh, a, a reportage story and really thought, I wish that was mine. <laughs> yeah. No, I think um, I remember Alan mentioning that um, when I was on his workshop last year. Oh, right. Yeah. Like, I think he said that he mentioned awesome. his workshop. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like, yeah, such a, a great way of, you know, doing the storytelling using someone else. It's a, it's a, yeah. It's a great way of getting the, the pictures of the day that you kind of expected to get, but you find a bit boring. I mean, he might've taken those pictures as well for the couple, you know, it's mm. a great way of, of, of doing that, but also it was funny. It was humorous. Yeah. It, I, I mean, we, we've all seen the, uh, the people busting out the, the 12 inch iPads yeah. to do photos in the middle of ceremonies. And I've stuff. been, I've know, been having to fight really. for position over iPhones a lot lately. Um, but yeah, yeah, but you've just got to embrace it, haven't you, and, and get a picture of it. It's like it's like things like uh, when couples are cutting a cake, which to me, that part of the day could disappear for all I care. Um, I find it much more interesting, rather than taking a picture of them cutting a cake, to stand behind them and get a picture of everyone taking that picture. Um, yeah. You know. Uh, amazing. No, that's great, man. That's, that's Yeah, it's given me a lot to think about for the next round of awards. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yet, I'm yet to pick up a... Uh, an elusive story. Have you not got one yet? Going. Not yet. No. Oh, I thought but, yeah. um, No, I, I think I've kind of just I've I, I've not put nearly enough thought into my, you know, curating my images and stuff. And yeah, I think I've just kind of. Yeah, I mean, I mean, some of the things I said there I, when I first won a story award, I, I wasn't thinking on those lines. Then it was just literally I, well, uh, 
there was an element of it. I remember the, the groom's sister at this first wedding had, had passed away. So I remember that there was, I wanted to try and capture moments during the speeches where I was focusing on holding hands and, and, and that tied in with a picture earlier on where look, the guys were practicing the speech and, they, and it was all the hands holding papers and things. Mm-hmm. So I always try and have a couple of things that balance it out and link things together. But, but essentially I just picked out my favorite pictures of what I thought was a good wedding. So, um, yeah. and like I said, that was the turning point where I felt like I could, uh, taking, done a good job basically that I would still show the pictures off today. Although I did see the whole gallery not too long ago and there's a lot I would take out now. Uh, <laughs> I, I delivered about 1100 pictures to that and I think I could easily get it down to 700. <laughs> wow. It's, I mean, is that kind of your sort of, um, average sort of delivery? Is that about um, sort of six, 700? What I, li- I like the idea of 500, but realistically it always ends up being six. Um, mm-hmm. sometimes if it's a really good wedding, there is more like seven, but never over a thousand, uh, <laughs> like, like I used to. It's and overwhelming. Was- it's overwhelming for them. And it's too much work for you to do. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. I think so when- 500 is, the, is, is, if I could deliver 500, I'd be like, <laughs> it's yeah. a good sweet spot. Isn't yeah. It, but when you've got a little bit of attachment, like I, like, it's a good gauge for this, I think. I think Neil said this. A good gauge is if you um, showed, you know, when you look through and you can't, oh, I can't take that one out, I can't take that one out. But then if you if you looked at it with another photographer, uh, suddenly you're like, oh, I don't know why I've kept that one in. Oh, that's not me. That's a bit, do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's kind of a good gauge. If you would get out to 500, that you know you've got a good set then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you take so- six, 7,000 shots at a wedding, it's hard to get it down to that. Really? Is that your sort of. Yeah, I do, yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. yeah. And this is why I've been trying to shoot less prep. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, I figure I'm sick of calling that many pictures. So if I could, if I could lose anything from a day that they won't be bothered about is prep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. I get that. I kind of, I kind of look at trying to get about a hundred images per, I guess, event. So like, you know, around 100 images for the prep and 100 images for the ceremony. And that's kind of what I aim for. Um, Take, you mean? Well, deliver. deliver. So, yeah, I probably on about three and a half, four thousand images during the day. Um, But, yeah, I try and sort of get that down to sort of like around 120 images per, you know, moment during the, the, the ceremony or the I, I just the don't think like that I just I just sort of immerse myself in the day and take pictures um, <laughs> but, but I uh, I do remember being on Alan's workshop in 2016 or 17 and thinking he went around and he said how many pictures most people take at weddings and, and I think I, I said like two and a half thousand and everyone else was like five six thousand and I went maybe I'll up the shutter count a bit <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah, I would, you know, talking about that workshop, um, sort of that 2016 was the year where I kind of went sort of photography sort of focused. Um, and I think it was 16 or 17. Um, but I remember Alan talking about that workshop because I think Patrick Mateer was on that one with you. Uh, he wasn't on the one I was at. Uh, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. But I can't, I can't remember which one, but I almost did Al's workshop 
back in 2016 or 2017. Right. I can't remember if it was one that you I went, did I went to one in Manchester. Right. And I kind of like, I, I kicked my, cause I only did it last year, his workshop. And it's like, it's I good. wish I'd done that back then. Yeah. Um, I just wish my son, his surname was Law, so I could have a cool name like Law School. Yeah, absolutely. But it's just like, <laughs> yeah. he was made for it, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, um, yeah no, Patrick's, uh, Patrick's a good friend of mine uh, and Holly, but I've only met Holly once. But yeah, Patrick's a, a good mate. Um, we, we talk quite a lot. We've shot weddings together. Yeah, yeah. I had them on. Um, the the podcast a couple of episodes ago sort of and yeah i did yeah, yeah. And, and like me and patrick as well at the uh, yeah the he's so lovely party. he's so lovely oh yeah, yeah. i've he's, not, he, not had the pleasure of meeting holly yet but yeah well i, I used to tease him uh, i i said i used to say that he kept making her up because she never went to yeah. social things it was always just him <laughs> even though she's the one that gets all the awards um <laughs> if he hears this he'll know i'm joking um but um yeah no they they are so lovely and and they are real real true documentary photographers like I, oh, phenomenal. like I'm, I'm a little bit uh, like I enjoy doing couple stuff and I'll, and I'll happily talk to talk or do this or direct that. And, you know, um, they're, they're, they're proper documentary photographers. Yeah. 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 No, they're great. And yeah. And um, they, they, they get shot some, sometimes, especially that one that Holly one recently with the chessboard. I mean, they get shots and I just go, you know, Holly spotted Holly spotted someone with a fat face bag, so she so she's like, I'm I'm sticking with this with this person until I get a picture of them eating something at the same time. Yeah, I was like yeah, I just I don't operate on that thinking level. She's yeah, brilliant. So when you're not working, what's what's your downtime look like? I mean, we were talking before we started recording about our how we've both sort of like seem to have be reliving our, our guns and roses music uh, at <laughs> yeah. the moment for some, I don't know if, did you catch them at Glastonbury? Was no, that no, no, I've, I've, I, I mean, I did watch it, but I, uh, I've been going through this phase for about five, six months now. Uh, I just, um, I've got loads of downloaded tunes on my phone and I've got playlists and, uh, hadn't heard it for a while. And I just had it full volume on the way back from my wedding, long drive, just loving it. Yeah. 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 Really good. Um, so sort of- I'm a massive Depeche Mode fan as well. Uh, downtime, I, I mean, I've got two little kids and, and uh, if I have any downtime, it's it's usually just spending the day with them doing whatever. I, I, unfortunately, I, there's nothing I would love more than to catch up with some of my best friends who I don't see that much and spend going an all-day drinking session. Um, but I don't get a chance to do that, really. Um my main passion in life is, is music and DJing, but I don't I don't get much time for that either, or or um, mm-hmm. or uh, getting any gigs anymore. Really, I used to, um, but uh, but sometimes I'll get on my decks with some new music and make a little mix and send put it on SoundCloud. But oh, it's only a few close friends that'll ever hear it. Um, yeah. So yeah, just spending time with. I mean, when when you got kids there at the age of mine are at sort of six and seven and it's like after school cricket clubs so you see a few of the the other dads that your friends are there and you might have a beer or whatever so yeah, yeah. It's just it's just things like that you know if me and my wife it can uh, find an hour spare we'll we'll nip off for a beer somewhere you know <laughs> or a walk with the dog we've got a dog we'll go take the dog for a walk you know something like that yeah yeah, yeah. well my uh, my daughter starts school in september so we've got all the Primary. after school clubs and yeah, yeah, first yeah. year. Goes so, quick, uh, yeah. 
Oh gosh, tell me about it. It's like, yeah, I, I can't believe we're already at this kind of like point in her life now. It's like it was quick, even quicker when they're at school. I mean, mine's still young, like at the young part of school, but yeah, it, it, they're rapidly going through it. We we bought a camper van in the uh, in the lockdown, and uh, you know we, we've been having some good camping, like weekends away camping and stuff. Um, I tell you, what I've been trying to do basically one one thing I have been doing is I've been at the start of the year I've been blocking out sections in my diary where I can't take a wedding, where mm-hmm. I've got a week, two weeks, and and we'll we'll do something as a family. Uh, it was, we'll book a holiday around that, but uh, you know you've got to block it off beforehand because all of a sudden you can't make go on holiday because of that wedding and that wedding, and uh, yeah, it's really important to do that to have those holidays and stuff. I mean, ultimately, you know, the kids, the family and stuff, Yeah, it, they are why we do what we do. Yeah, making memories yeah. for them. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and like exactly. you said, they, they, they grow up fast. You can love your job and be as passionate as the next person, but always remember that it's a job and, and that, the, you know, like I said, I need to make more time for my friends because that, that's what's important to me. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What was it? Someone was saying, like, you know, you, you could – you could have, um, you can make loads of money, and you could do, you know, pay for incredible things for for your kids and stuff like that. But what they'll remember is whether you were present or not. They won't remember how much it cost. They'll just remember that you were there at the time. Yeah. So you got to you got to you got to put that time in for your kids and your family. Yeah. You see, uh, the last couple of years, I've had weddings on my son's birthday, and and I never sort of thought he'd know any different. I was there the day before or whatever. And then last year, I had a wedding in France on, when it was his birthday, and I got back and 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 he, and he, he I was at the end. I was at the, I sort of said I can't do that anymore because this is the first time when he said something. And then I got an, an, an inquiry to shoot another wedding in France for one of my really good friends, and a few of our friends are going, and it's on his birthday. I was gutted, but I was like, not, not doing it. It's, it's my son's birthday, and uh, and I'm not missing it. I'm not missing any more. <laughs> no, fair play, man. Fair yeah. play. So, what about um, are you are you into your video games or your movies? I've seen a, a good good mention of some classic 80s films on your website and yeah uh yes i love films and i love computer games as well um uh, i don't consider myself a gamer although i always secretly am quite happy thick ever since like oh do you know i'm so tired today it's half past eight i think i might just go and have an early night and i go Zelda. oh yeah (laughs) you go put your head down you go put your head down (laughs) so i'm currently a little bit addicted to tears of the kingdom zelda Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I loved uh, Breath of the Wild before that, and I loved Doom Eternal. Doom, oh, Doom was always a series that I liked, uh, and then before that, the classic games Mario. When I was a kid, I loved Sonic and Mario, those kind of things. But yeah, the, the, the three games that, that I love, well, two games I love are Doom and Zelda. So yeah, yeah. films. Obviously, um, I'm, I'm going through an Indiana Jones thing again after watching the um, the first one, but. I, I, I love horror films, but I'm quite particular about horror films because mm-hmm. like, I like all the classics and occasionally there's a new one that's really good, but a lot of them are rubbish. And I, But because I want to find a good horror film, I watch everything that I see on Netflix or Amazon Prime and after 10 minutes, I'm like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the classics, you know, Alien, Shining, things like that are all great. Of the new ones, there was Hereditary and uh, 
It Follows. That was one that I liked of the recent ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, gangster films. Who doesn't? Uh, comedies. Ghostbusters is the greatest film that's ever been made. Uh, closely followed by The Goonies, of course. Um, Surely Karate Kid's got to slip into there. The, the original, it's in there. It's in there. Yeah, it's not, okay. it's not right at the top, but it's in there. <laughs> then, then I, I, I love those kind of, like, Bill Murray, was a lost in translation. I loved that. Um, mm. You know, I mean, I feel like it's a bit of a cliche to see, like, Wes Anderson films. I'm not that much of a fan, but I did like Grand Buda, Budapest Hotel. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just like, cool. I've got some random, I mean, yeah, love anything, detective, serial killers, things like that, you know. <laughs> Don't judge me. I love <laughs> Doctor Who too. Uh, okay, sort of new or old or both. Well, I did stop watching it. It got a bit boring. I used to love the Sylvester McCoy ones because that's who was yeah. when I was a kid. I was an eighties kid. Um, but I also liked John Pertwee. Uh, that was also a nostalgia thing. And the reason I liked John Pertwee's one was because my mum accidentally bought bought me a, a Doctor Who video, Day of the Daleks, with John Pertwee. And I was like, who's this imposter? That's not Doctor Who. Um, <laughs> it was the year before she bought me a fake Ghostbusters film, so I just thought this is what Mum does. Uh, but it turns out he was a Doctor as well. So, yeah, I like John Pertwee, Sylvester McCoy. And some of the new ones are great as well, but they got a little bit too Legend of the Doctor. Ah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Something I really, really like to ask everyone that comes on the show, just... If you've got like one bit of advice you could give someone that was thinking of venturing into the world of wedding photography, what sort of sage piece of advice could you share, you know, just, just I guess, business-wise or, you know, actually as a photographer, you know, some, something that you wish you knew yeah. when you first started? Not enough people talk about business. Uh, I've, I've made every mistake under, under the sun and, 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 you know, the first seven years of me working myself I, I didn't do very well I wasn't I, I, uh, I didn't make much money and uh, and I, um, I didn't know anyone and I, and I compared myself to all these people that were very vocal on social media and that sent me under a little bit so advice is I think do your research and look at lots of wedding stuff and see what you like find out what style you're drawn to um, if you haven't already and then speak to those photographers and see if you can second shoot for them, meet them for a beer, anything like that. You know, if someone got in touch with me and said, oh, I'd love to chat about your work, get you a pint, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm there. <laughs> you know, so do that. Go and, go and talk to them, second shoot for them. Um, don't compare your work to someone's greatest hits. Um, and and don't don't listen. You know, if you're not getting all these bookings in, don't be fooled because someone says, oh, I'm 147.9% booked for 2027 already. Good for them. They're probably not, yeah. but don't listen and don't, and don't fret about it if you're not, because, you know, um, you'll, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll get there. Don't worry. Just don't, don't compare yourself to what others are doing. Yeah, absolutely. Price yourself accordingly. Um, get as much experience as you can for the people. Uh, entering awards has been really good for me I know some people don't like it um, I, I don't like, you know, if you do win something I always feel a bit uncomfortable sharing it but at the end of the day it's good marketing couples love it if it's one of their pictures and it's won an award um, it gives you confidence and momentum because you don't get uh, much, like having critiques is really useful for the photographers and friends 
you don't have a boss to tell you you're on the right track. So you need mm-hmm. to, you need to make they make friends with other photographers. Yeah, that's my, that's more one. Make friends with other photographers. Um, second shoot for them, and don't listen to other people's hype. Yeah, run your own race. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Amazing. And if so, there's something that you're not happy with within your own work, then just work on that area. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And that's what sort of second shooting yeah. is great for. And also, you know, workshops. Yeah, you know, great. I mean, I remember hearing Andrew Billington on um, Al's podcast that was saying that he sets aside business like uh, budget every year to do workshops mm. because you're you you there's never a point where you stop learning no matter what level you're at you know sort of don't don't feel like it's below you to go and and go on a workshop oh workshop workshops are brilliant yeah i I mean i'd like to go on more um i i I, time is a thing for me at the moment with uh, with the family but i'd love to go more and i plan to i have uh, i have ventured to nine dots a few times I, i haven't got a ticket for this year but um I'm still thinking I'd like to, I'd like to make that doc day. Brilliant. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. 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 Definitely. Definitely recommend doc day. They're, yeah. they're good for education. They're good for learning, but they're great for meeting other photographers. Yeah. And if you already know them for catching up, like we met at the, this is reportage party, didn't we? So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think, um, and, um, there's such a, an amazing community of photographers that are there that just want, to help and you know like you say even if it's just having that interaction because this could be lonely work yeah you know working on your own even though you kind of you, your wedding day you're surrounded by people it's still quite lonely yeah absolutely. so having these people just to just to chat to um you know it can make all the difference um so final question so we're, we're halfway through the year can you believe it it's nearly christmas um which one someone to come back first was it 20 yeah does someone say it's 24 weeks till christmas um, we don't need to think like that no um what 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 have you got planned for the rest of the year are you are you busy shooting have you got some cool stuff coming up with the family yeah i've got a few uh, i've got a few double weekends i've not had many of those this year and i thought i'd avoid them but i've got i've got a few uh, so I'm, I'm halfway through my weddings um uh but we've blocked off half of august um so uh so we're going to france my wife's family in france we're gonna have some good family time together uh so until france i'm gonna do as much running as i can uh to counteract um the wine that i will be drinking um and i'm going to uh do as much editing as I can because I'm going to be having a good couple of weeks off. Mm. So, uh, yeah, not much until then. Um, and then after that, we've got school holidays. So again, I'm, I'm going to try and have as much time with the family. And then, uh, and then once I get a little bit less quiet, uh, sorry, a little bit more quiet after, after the summer holidays, I'm going to start getting on the blower to my friends and seeing if we can catch up a bit more. Um, Oh, that's cool, man. Well, look, dude, I'm not going to hold you up anymore. This has been uh, it's oh, been really cool. To it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. No, it's been good to just finally sit down, have a proper chin wag, and um, really appreciate all the all of the sort of the tips and stuff regarding the story stuff. I know loads of people are going to be all over that, um, and uh, yeah, hopefully, um, 
at some point in the very near f- future, whether I'm visiting family up uh, up your way or we, we, we somehow cross paths or something like that, it'd be great to just sit down and have a beer with you. That'd man. be good. That'd be good. Yeah. So, uh, but yes, enjoy the rest of your day. You um, enjoy your, your family time uh, in France and uh, wish you all the best for the, the rest of the year, dude. You too. I'll look forward to the next round of This Is Reportage and I see you've got your story award. Well, we'll see. Well, to be honest, I might get in touch with you before I submit and kind of uh, get you to go over my uh, my submissions for me, if that's all right. More than happy to. No problem. <laughs> all right, dude. Look after yourself. Thanks so much. You too, mate. Bye. Well, I really hope you've enjoyed listening to the latest episode of To Have and Download. All the information from this show is available in the episode description on Spotify. And don't forget, a video version of this episode is also available on Spotify and YouTube that you can see on your computer, smart device or mobile phone. But until the next episode, my name's Alex. Thanks so much for listening. Listening.